0: it with singing. Please grab your hymn books and turn it to page 526. Page 526, let's sing Victory in Jesus. Victory in Jesus, 526. May I request all to please stand as we sing.
1: Thank you, boys. There's a lot of talent around here. So much talent, it's hard to correlate it without offending somebody or somebody feeling they're neglected. Just like this year, nobody's ever asked me to sing. Okay. Ray Carpenter's our speaker. From up on the lake, North Ridgeville, right near Lorraine, area in that area, some good churches through there, and a lot of good Christians and good preachers. I never knew that part of the world until a few years ago, and I was invited up there and met these preachers and been going up there ever since. And when I met Brother Ray Carpenter and we got acquainted, he's one of those people that you you are sorry you didn't know 25, 30 years ago. I wish I'd known him a long time ago, but we've had good fellowship since. Brother Carpenter, you come and preach. A blessing. Amen. Good to have you here. Good to get you out of the snow.
2: it's certainly good to be here. I'm glad God's still on the throne. He's not dead. I'm glad of that. I heard Brother Giler preach a few years ago at a camp meeting up up in our area. Never will forget it. He preached on the Revelation 19 talking about the great war what the victory that jesus had oh and i said i need to know that guy i need to get acquainted with him and the choir's been to our church a few times we certainly enjoyed the fellowship of them and brother Guyler, and uh, you people here i uh, appreciate the opportunity i enjoyed the music uh, you do have great talent here i'm a. I'm a I'm amazed that uh, God has raised up a group of people down here on the river uh, that's, uh, I'm just speechless to, to, to huh, no telling what eternity is going to tell out of this group, out of this school, out of this people. I appreciate what Brother Giler has done. You pray for him, that God will continue to use him and lift him up. you got a lot of work to do yet before the Lord comes, we believe. Have your Bible turned to the book of Matthew, please, chapter 26. <clears throat> Brother Giler, uh had Brother uh, preach last night. He preached on the home. And made me think of. uh, I I thought he was going to tell the joke that I heard one time uh, how that uh, this guy was in the cemetery and uh, kneeling at this grave. Oh, why did you die? Why did you die? Oh, why did you die? And uh, came back that week. Every week he'd come back and say, Why did you die? The caretaker kept by and said, well, uh, is this one of your uh, family members? We notice you're here every week and you're crying. I said, no, this is my wife's first husband.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and I thought he was going to tell that last night and uh, talk about how that Eve was perfect, Adam was perfect, and uh, but then you know the great story after that. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Matthew, please, chapter 26. Stand with me as we read the word of God, verse 36 through 39. Matthew 26, 36 through 39. Then cometh Jesus with them into a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go y- pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and Two sons of Zebedee began to be sorrowful, very heavy. Then said he unto them, My soul is seeming sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Father, I pray that you would help me today. Lord, I want to be your mouthpiece. I want to be your voice. I want to be your instrument. Uh, Lord, to be a blessing and help to these. You know, I'm nervous. uh, Lord, these people intimidate me. But, Lord, I I pray that you would help me get over this and be able to say the message you want us to hear. We'll bless you and praise you. God, help help us today uh, to see Jesus in all of his glory. God, help us to see this. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Verse 39 again. He says, And he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. As you know the story of Jesus, how that uh, uh, he, he, he didn't just begin there at Bethlehem. He didn't just begin there. Uh, before the foundation of the world, there was God. He never had a beginning. He'll never have an ending. You had a beginning, but you'll not have an ending. You're going to be somewhere, 10 million years from tonight uh, or this morning, you're going to be somewhere, heaven or hell, of what you do with Jesus. But we see Jesus here. He made this trip. He spoke the world in existence, as it says in Genesis chapter 1-1, and then how the Spirit of God moved upon this earth. And uh, formed it, reformed it into the, uh, the way it was. And uh, we see that uh, Jesus uh, John, in John we see that Jesus uh, came to the world in verses one and three. He came through the Virgin Mary in, Je- in Isaiah 7:14. He came to the doctors at age 12. He showed himself as God in age 33. He came to John to be baptized. He formed the church and then set his face like a flint going to Calvary. John, and John, we see his uh, preparing his disciples in John the 14th chapter for his departing, for his going away, for his leaving, for his dying. He went, but uh, he didn't stop there. He talked to them about heaven in John 14. He talked about uh, in John 16, it tells them about the Holy Spirit. Oh, listen, uh, how, how we need the Spirit's leadership in these days that we're living here today. He's not dead. He's supposed to be alive. And He is alive, thank God. He's in us, and He wants to guide us and help us. In John the 16th chapter, we see that uh, He says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Is it speaking for you that I go not away? For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you, but I will depart. And I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the Holy Spirit, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you unto all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall uh, uh, receive of mine, shall uh, show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine, therefore uh, said I that he make uh, shall make take of mine and shall show it unto you if you'll notice through there uh, the number of times the personal pronoun he is used talk about the Holy Spirit he's a real person I'll tell you uh, I don't believe a person can be saved unless he's convicted uh, by the Holy Spirit of God I believe he's got to do his work I remember in our services one time uh, in North Ridgeville in the old church uh, God had his revival of that era and uh, back over in this corner on the rear, back there, there was a young lady that uh, came in on the bus. And uh, during the invitation, she came down the aisle and knelt at the altar over here. And the altar workers worked with her and talked with her. Uh, and uh, they came to me and says, we can't get her to look at us. We, won't, we can't, uh, uh, she won't even talk to us, respond. I don't know what to do. And I went down and I talked to her and she wouldn't look. And I got her by the face and I said, Look, do you want to be saved? Yeah. She was deaf. God's Holy Spirit, she she could read lips real well, but she could not read my lips from way back there. The Spirit of God worked upon her, drove her. Listen, without the Spirit of God, we're helpless people. We need Him. We need, we need to be the, uh, 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 recognizing that the Spirit of God is real. He, he told those uh, disciples that he was leaving. He told about heaven, told about the comfort of, of the Holy Spirit. In John 17, he prayed for them. In John 18, he arrives at Gethsemane that we read a moment ago in Matthew 36, uh, 26 and verse 36. We see him there. He, uh, he uh, what he experienced there at Gethsemane was amazing. Their uh, place of suffering. I had the privilege of being there in the early 70s. And we walked into that garden and uh, those olive trees were all around. And uh, the guide said that some of those trees were over 2,000 years old. I don't know, know who the believers or not, but they looked old. And, uh, and there was a rock there. And, I, and he said, this is where Jesus prayed. I don't know whether that was true or not. But i tell you, uh, I knelt there, and some more of us knelt there, and we talked with God for a little bit. And I sensed God's presence even there uh, back in the early 70s. I'll tell you, there at Gethsemane, place of oil, uh, a place of oil uh, oil press where they would press, press out the, uh, the oil from the olive trees. That's where if you'll remember how that Jesus said there and uh, how that he said, uh, uh, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. tell ye here and watch with me. Oh, the pressure that he had. His uh, sweat. As he sweat great drops of blood. As I believe that's where he began to take on the sins of the world. There in the Garden of Gethsemane. Oh, my soul! Uh, I, uh, as I prayed there and uh, uh, knelt there and prayed at that rock, as I was there. And uh, what what an awesome experience it was to realize uh, that in that same era, my Savior walked. And he took on my sins and your sins, uh, sweat drops of blood, but he didn't stop there. He went on, he didn't stop at Gethsemane, thank God, he went on to Gabbatha. We find that in John, the 19th chapter, there are the place of the enemy, uh, uh, on a trial, and treat him as a, uh, as a uh, criminal. He was judged as a criminal, but he was triumphed over that. But he didn't, he didn't stop there. He went a little further. Uh, uh, he went a little further. He didn't stop at Gethsemane. He didn't stop at Gabbatha. He went to Golgotha. Oh, my soul. What an, what an experience he had there. Uh, a place of, uh, uh, of extreme violence. Matthew 27 and 33. Listen to this. Oh, my soul. He was there. Taken on my sin. Notice he says that when they were coming to the place called Golgotha, that is to say, the place of a skull, they gave him vinegar to be made and drink mingled with gall. And when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. Oh, my soul, there on Calvary. Oh, what an agony. What agony. Isaiah uh, chapter 52 and 14, he says, As many were astonished at thee, his visit was so marred more than any man, his form more than the sons of man. Oh, what he went through there. Isaiah 50, verse 6, he says, I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that cracked off the hair. I hid not my face from the shame and spitting. And Psalms 129, verse 3, he says, The plowers plowed upon my back. They made long furrows. Oh, my soul. When Jesus was there at Gethsemane, he began to take on our sins. Then he went to G- G- Gabatha, and then he went to Golgotha. Oh, my Lord, when he died, he you remember uh, how he cried out as he was strung up between heaven and hell? And he cried, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You know why? Because he took your rotten sins. He took my sins. He sins of, took the sins of the whole world and died for them. What an agony he died. If I'm not mistaken, I can't find it anywhere else where he ever called the Father God you know why as he was strung up between heaven and hell god turned his back turned his back on his only begotten son why because of my wicked sins because of my ungodliness because of your sins and your ungodliness and your wickedness he took on those sins there what an agony that was what a problem there was uh, back here in Psalms uh, 22, we see some uh, prophecies of this. We see in in verse uh, chapter 22 and verse 6, uh, uh, the, the reproach here. Notice what it says. Uh, I am a worm and no man, a reproach to, of men, despised uh, of the people. This lovely Jesus that came from heaven uh, all the way to heaven uh, to be born of the virgin, to be born uh, uh, perfect without uh, without any sinful blood in him, he took on my sins and took on your sins there on Golgotha. Oh, my Lord. Listen, uh, see, he didn't have—he didn't sin, but he became sin. He reached your sins, uh, uh, reached out in the future and took your sins and died for them. He took my sins. He did not sin. He was perfect. Listen, he did not know sin, but he became sin. Oh, my God. He became my sin. Everything that you've done he, put, he took. that's wicked and ungodly he took away from you and died for them. Oh my soul. Uh, the reproach that he had. Uh, my God. My God. I, I, as I said a moment ago I can't find anywhere else where he called him God. Oh Lord. He called him God. He was still his father. But he turned his back on him. I have three sons. And uh, uh, I, 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 I just couldn't turn my back on my sons. But God did it for him because of me. He loved me that much. Oh, I'm glad he didn't stop at Gethsemane. I'm glad he didn't stop at Golgotha. At, at, uh, uh, at Gopatha. I'm glad he didn't stop there at Golgotha. I'm glad he reached down in the future. Back in the early in the 40s, you know, God came to. Uh, I went to a little church about out of Arkansas, the First Baptist Church there, uh, 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 Heaven Revival. A missionary from Brazil was preaching, Brother Hankins, and he uh, he was preaching that night. And and uh, uh, J.D. Snyder invited me to go. He got he went saved the night before. He invited me to go. Oh, I tell you, oh, happy day, happy day, happy day when God came to me. Listen, I was so wicked and ungodly, even as a teenager. Dirty mouth, thief, and all of these things. uh, Whatever you can think of, I was into. But God came to me. Oh, glory to God. He came to me where I was. uh, And he convicted me, the Spirit of God. They were saying, oh, why not tonight? Oh, why not tonight? Will thou be saved? God broke my heart. Oh, I don't, I don't think you have to cry, but there's nothing wrong with being cried with tears when you're under conviction. I like to see it. I tell you, there's got to be remorse. And I tell you, I saw hell that night. I saw hell, and I was about to slip off in it. And Brother McClendon, the pastor, came over to me, and I was sitting up here in the choir, and a bunch of us teenagers up here, I guess, to get us quiet. But oh, thank God! I was sitting on the front row. Jesus came over to me uh, uh, and knocked on my door, like it says in Revelation 3:20. He knocked on my door. Thank God, I was home that night, uh, and he and he came in. And I want you to know, I've been different ever since. Uh, I've been saved by the grace of God. I thought I was lost a number of times, uh, but I couldn't get saved again. All I need to do was repent. And i want you to know god god in his mercy reached way down and got me oh what a god what a god what a god i'm glad i can remember the night that i went home that way a different way and not only reproach but ridicule notice what it says in, in psalm 22 and verse 7 and 8 listen to this it says all, all they that see me laugh me to scorn they shoot out the lip they shake their heads saying he trusted in, on the Lord that he would deliver him, let him deliver him, seeing that he delighted in him. Oh, and there's uh, the reproach, the ridicule, the riveting pain. all oh, the, the, the pain that Jesus suffered. Oh, the, those nails in his hands, that must have hurt. Oh, my. So we get, to, well, we get all excited when we get a splinter in our finger. But imagine the nail driving through his hands and through his feet. Oh my Lord, oh my Lord, the reproach, the riveting pain, the uh, the agony that he went through there. Notice what it says also here in uh, uh, in chapter twenty-seven and uh, uh, verse thirty-nine. He says, "The they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads." There's the critics, and they and saying, "Thou that." destroy the temple and build it in three days, save thyself. Making making fun of him. making The critics were accusing him. Uh, the clergy even were uh, accru- uh, uh, accusing him. Verses 41, listen to this. He says, likewise also the chief priests mocking him and the scribes and elders Said, he saved others, himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him come down now from the cross and he will believe him. Oh, aren't you glad he didn't come down? Aren't you glad he stayed? Oh, my soul, I'm glad that he did. But not only that, the criminals, uh, and not only the critics and the clergy, but the criminals uh, uh, were uh, casting the same in his teeth. Uh, also, the, the carnal in verses uh, 26 and 27. There, uh, the curious, uh, uh, they saw him there. Even the uh, centurions saw him there. He said, certainly this was a righteous man. Oh, I want you to know that he took my sins and sins of the whole world and paid for them. The only price that would ever pay, that would ever pay for our sins was the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm glad he went to Gethsemane. I'm glad he went to Gabbatha. Uh, uh, I'm glad he went to Golgotha. But I'm glad he went to the grave. He went to the grave. Oh, listen. It shows his deity. Shows his, di- uh, his destiny and his deliverance. He came out of the grave. Thank God. Oh, I'm glad he was still not in there. I had the privilege of going to the empty grave. And the cold chills went up my back as I walked in there and saw that empty tomb. Oh, a lot of people could have cleaned it out. But listen, Jesus cleaned it out himself. He came alive and walked out of there. I'm glad he did that for me and for you. But not only did he go to Gethsemane, not only did he go to Gabbatha, not only did he go to Golgotha, not only did he go to the grave, he went a little further. He went to glory. Oh, listen, he ascended into heaven, like it says in Acts, the first chapter. Oh, what's he doing there today? Well, uh, he's not just sitting there. He is sitting there, but he's doing something. He says his work in glory is Hebrews 7:25. Therefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost, them that come to him by to God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Oh, thank God! Uh, he, uh, he he'll save from the uttermost to the uttermost. I'm glad that God is still on the saving business. He'll save anybody that will listen to the Holy Spirit of God and then will let them get convicted and drawn to it. But not only that, his will is being done. Second Peter 3 and verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, some men count likeness, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I'm glad, oh, bless the Lord, I am glad that he is still convicting today, still drawing. Uh, uh, I had the privilege about 10 years ago going to uh, the Philippines, and oh, what a blessing that was to my soul. What a blessing. I got to preach a lot of house churches in and around. And I'll tell you, people are being. Listen, they're in revival over there. God, it seemed like God just turned his kind of uh, cooled off here in America. Back in the early 70s, oh, I'll tell you, uh, 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 God had us in revival around here. You, you, just, you just put out a sign and people would come. But now, it's hard, you can't hardly get anybody to come that's lost. You can't find anybody that's lost. They're all right. They're all right. But they're not all right, people. Oh, they're not all right. But in, but in the Philippines, they're having, a, uh, they're having revival over there. I love it. I wish I could go over there and stay over there. I, 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 oh, what, a, uh, what God's doing over there. And you young people, you're going back. I trust that you'll listen to the Spirit of God, that you will be filled with Him, and you'll go for Him there and, and preach the gospel to those people that need it so desperately. Back uh, in the early 70s, God had us in revival there in North Ridgeville, and I didn't have enough sense to know it. Uh, But uh, but we had from one to 17 saved every Sunday except two Uh, there for a year. God, uh, we were running over 400, close to 500, and. uh, run out of room, and uh, uh, I tell you, uh, people getting saved. This Beverly stole for a moment. On, I told told you about back sitting back there on the back. The Spirit of God was there so greatly, and coming over, uh, coming down the aisle, getting older, weeping and crying. How could she know? How could the Spirit of God? Oh, listen! Uh, I was in a meeting in uh, uh, Detroit, Michigan area a few years ago. And there's a woman got up and sang. I think she was from the Carolinas. And she got up and sang acapella. And I'll tell you, God got all over that thing. Oh, my soul. She she began to sing and people began to come to the altar. And the preacher said, sing it again. She sang it, I guess she sang it five or six times. Same, same song, acapella. People moving, moving and shaking hands and and hugging each other, getting the altar, weeping and crying. And then uh, I guess you sang for probably 30 or 40 minutes, Brother Giler, uh, because God was moving. God was moving. Listen, people, listen to the Spirit of God. Have an ear for Him. Obey Him. Obey Him. How we need to listen to the Spirit of God. And listen, sometimes He'll tear your service up. You get everything planned like you want. He'll mess it up. You better listen to him. You better hear him. You better obey him. Oh, listen, we need him in these days. We need him in these days. I'm glad. Oh, I'm glad that Jesus, uh, when he formed the world, uh, I'm glad he came into the world. He spoke the world into existence. And there it was. And then he came through the Virgin Mary, as we said a moment ago. I'm glad he came to Gethsemane and began to take on my sins. I'm glad he came to Gabbatha to be judged. I'm glad that he came to Golgotha. I'm glad that he paid the price. I'm glad he came to the grave. And I'm glad that he's not there anymore. I'm glad he's going to heaven, but he's not through yet. He's coming to the gathering place. Woo! Oh, my soul. Chill rub my back when I think about it. He's coming to the gathering place. He's not through people. Listen, I, we're, we're close. To, listen, we're close. I, 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 well, it has to be said we're closer than we've ever been. But I tell you, we're closer than that, I think. We're, we're living in the last of the last days when Jesus is going to split the sky he's coming back to the other place notice what it said here in uh in the book of uh uh, first thessalonians Uh, he says in chapter four listen to this i would not have you to be ignorant brother concerning them which are asleep or those who have died that you sorrow not even as others have no hope for if we believe that jesus died and rose again even so them also which sleep in jesus will god bring with him for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain to the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself, watch this, the Lord, not another God, not this same one, listen, this, this same one that went to Gethsemane, that same one that was in Golgotha, that same one that's in the grave, that same one that descended to heaven, that same Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together within the clouds to meet the Lord, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Aren't you glad that we've got the blessed hope? I tell you, you, that's the hope That's the hope that we have. These people that don't believe that Jesus is coming, listen, they have no hope. But I have a hope. It's a real hope. It's the blessed hope. He's coming today. Possibly today, he could come. Are you ready? You're facing eternity. You're facing eternity. Eternity is a long time, people. A long time. Listen. Uh, oh, my soul. Think about eternity. Think about this for your family. Your friends. Your loved ones. Oh, think about this. Your, uh, your, uh, your, your neighbors. Think about it. Eternity. Eternity. I have a brother that I'm afraid is in hell. It bothers me. But I can't do anything about it. But I believe he's, I'm praying I'm he's there. Maybe, maybe Maybe. he called upon the Lord before he died. I, I, but it seems like it, he didn't. And like the rich man in hell, you know what he's telling me to do? He's telling me to tell you. I was preaching a little church here the other day, and it was a country church, and they had a lot of country music. And uh, uh, the trio... Of ben got up and said, well, we, we're going to sing this song. We're not really, but we just feel really impressed to sing it tonight. And I had two messages I didn't know which to preach. One was on hell and one's on something else I can't remember. And they got up and said, the name of this song is One Man in Hell and Five More on the Way. Guess what I preached? But One Man in Hell and Five on the Way. But, but he's saying, tell these people. To preach hell and preach it hot. Preach heaven and tell it's real. Tell people to stay out of this place. Don't come to this place. That's what the rich man in hell in Luke 16 tells. Oh, listen. Listen, people. Tell it. Tell it. He's coming again. And you're, you're going to heaven if you're saved. You're going to heaven. But the, uh, your loved ones, uh, you're going to be eternity there. But what are you going to do in eternity? What, uh, what kind of reward are you going to have? How faithful have you been? How faithful have you been to pray? How faithful have you been to preach? How faithful have you been to proclaim the gospel? I'm glad that Jesus didn't stop with just creating this world. I'm glad that he is still calling people. He's still calling people. and still receiving people. I'm glad that he went to Gethsemane and suffered, oh, how agony there in Uh, in Gethsemane. I'm glad he didn't stop there. I'm glad he came on to Golbatha. I'm glad that he didn't stop there. I'm glad he came on to Calvary, to Golgotha. Oh, my soul, I'm so glad that he did. That he didn't stop there. He went to the grave. And he came out of the grave victorious. Thank God. Then he went to glory. And I'm looking for him to come back today to the gathering place. The gathering place. I hope that you will meet me there. I know I'm going there by the grace of God. I don't deserve to go there. I deserve hell. I need to be cry- I need to be clawing at the uh, at the charred walls of hell right now. I should be there clawing, trying to get out. But by the grace of God and by His blood, I'm not going there. You, you're not going there if you've been truly saved. But if you're not saved and not know it, oh, listen, make your calling and election sure. Turn to him. Trust him. Stay with him. You'll never be sorry. Thank you for listening today, and I trust that you will listen to these stubborn, uh, stammering words. Uh, I don't know why I get so scared when I talk to preachers. But I I, I get so nervous. But uh, I'm glad that God knows my heart And he knows that I care, and I care about you, and I'm glad that you care about me. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, you'll take the truths that have been uh, uh, staggered out today. God, they're true. You went a little farther, and you're going to come back for us. Thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. sing again another song and let's turn hymn books on page 142.
3: 142, there shall be shower.
0: Dudes turn away it looks like Get another song. Please grab your hymn books and turn it to page four seventy. Four seventy what a day.
1: harney would be here singing and you know what he does every year and he's been here for years but he called me monday night said we can't come my wife's very ill i can't leave her and we're going to have to take her to the hospital on thursday so uh pray for them we miss them but we're glad for these boys that's doing a good job amen And uh, J.R. Gossett is the preacher of the hour? The big man. The first time I met him in Greensboro, North Carolina, when he was leading singing for a church. And then he pastors his own church, and I've been with him many times. And uh, always a joy to be with him, whether preaching or just visiting. great man. I never met... I don't think, a pastor that loved his people more than J.R. Gossett. He is a good pastor. He really is. And I thank the Lord for you, Brother J.R. And you come up and preach. The first time you came here, we gave you a cold reception, a cool reception.
4: Good morning. It's good to be here. So much to say. I want to introduce a couple of friends who came with me. John Federhoff, stand up. John's a pastor friend of mine in Comer's Chapel Baptist Church in Madison, North Carolina, and uh, been there since Father's Day. Yeah, give him a hand. He. has been all over, he was, he came out of our church, uh, you can sit down now, they, they're tired of looking at you, um, he came out of our church in the early 90s, he was a station uh, announcer for Bible Broadcast Network, and shortly after he joined our church, he they asked him to go to Monroe, Louisiana and be a station manager, uh, he was down in Duck Dynasty country, Monroe, Louisiana, God called him to preach, and he's pastored all over different places in New York and Wisconsin and Iowa most recently in North Dakota when he went to North Dakota 30 miles from the Canadian border he said I'm gonna get you up here to preach for me I said make sure it's July <laughs> and he, pre- he asked me up to preach in July he said we don't have air conditioner in our church because it never gets hot here that Sunday got 95 and I, I had on a pair of khaki pants white shirt tie blue blazer that night they don't have any air conditioner no fans even the Philippines at least they got fans amen so they uh I'm hot and I'm sweating I get through preaching and there's a little old lady uh she kind of reminds me of this lady here in the red little white lady she's the first one out to shake my hand she said preacher I know I was just sweaty and she said I know you don't like this but she said we've been froze for three years we're kind of enjoying it (laughs) but John's my friend and he's always heard me talk a lot about the prayer conference and I was too far away to come, now he could come. And Richard Badgett, you stand just for a second there. Richard Badgett is a good friend of mine, yeah. He's out of the Winston-Salem slash King area. uh, And he is a missionary to White River, South Africa with Baptist International Missions Incorporated. And when he was on deputation, he became my friend because he was trying to learn how to play golf. And I'd been playing for 20 years and I was still trying to learn how to play golf, you know. And so we hit it off, we've been friends ever since. And uh, he's a great preacher, doing a great work. God using, he and his wife, Laura, and uh, their daughter, Ann, they're home on furlough now, staying in our fire station. Some of the students, you stayed in the fire station, you stayed up in the youth room, wherever, where they're staying in the east wing of the the beautiful uh, Community Baptist Church firehouse. And uh, they're living there on furlough. Uh, Pray for them, they're going back, pray for their visas to come through and all that. They're going back in July, Third term, I believe, correct? Third term. And their daughter, Ann, who's a senior at uh, Vandalia Christian School in Greensboro, uh, the choir has actually sung over there for Donnie Oates. And uh, she's gonna finish up this year. She will stay with us when they go back and she will be our adopted daughter. So y'all pray about all that. So many things to say, so many things to say. This is the highlight of my year, every year. I told John Federhoff and Richard Badger coming in today, I said, this is the best thing I do for me spiritually all year. I wish I could bring my whole church up here. I really do. And I wish I could bring all of you down when the choir comes down and uh, Dr. Galler comes down. I just wish you could all go on a field trip uh, and come on down with him. This weekend, Lord willing, uh, some of the students will be with us at Community Baptist, Grace and Caroline, Tom, and I don't know who else they're bringing with them. They keep changing it. Uh, you're coming with them. Uh, are you lovely? You're, you're changing? Okay. Well, I don't know. There's about five of them coming. I don't know. And if you want to jump on the bus, come come on down. We'll feed you. Uh, Richard Badgett tells me we've got to have Chinese Saturday night. One thing I don't like is Chinese. I don't mean the people. I mean the food. But you... But I'm, but listen, yes, I'm a Baptist preacher. I can, eat, I can eat chicken anywhere, right? They're going to have sweet and sour chicken. And I've shared this all over. Maybe I've shared it here. I don't know. But do you know why Baptist preachers eat so much chicken? We are trying to get back at that rooster squealed on Peter. <laughs> anyway, Dr. Gowler, thank you so much. I don't say this falsely. I don't say this to build him up because I'm here to glorify the Lord. But the two men I respect more than anybody in this world, more than anybody in the ministry, Glenn Matthews, Dr. Glenn Matthews, and Dr. Myron Gowler. They are just two amazing men in the ministry, have been a big help to me. They're godly men, they're preachers, they're teachers. They want to help people wherever they go, and they just have blessed my heart and been more of a help to me than anybody else I can think of. By the way, number one on that list, if there were three, number one on that list would be my dad because my dad was the finest Christian man I ever met. And he went home to be with the Lord right after I graduated from high school, and my whole life changed, but I don't have time for that story. We're turning in our Bibles to John's Gospel, chapter 15. I want to share something with you quickly. It's not part of the message that God gave me early this morning about Oh, about 4 o'clock or so, 4.30, I don't know. That don't make it special, by the way, when preachers say, God gave me this at 3.30 in the morning. Sometimes we think that sounds super special. That just means that's what time we had to get up and go to the potty. <laughs> <laughs> and I went back to bed, and I couldn't sleep. You guys know what I'm talking about my age, you know. So I went back to bed, and I couldn't sleep, and God was just giving me some things. And, and I knew, because I am that age, that if I, didn't, if I didn't jot them down right then, that I would forget them. Uh, the devil would snatch him away. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. So I just got up rose from things down. Not nearly as wonderful as that song you sang that you wrote yesterday. Simple stuff. I'm a simple person. I'm a simple person. The, the man that spoke yesterday with the deaf minister, he said he was crazy. Uh, I'm just simple. You know, I'm not, even, I'm not even smart enough to be crazy. But just some things I thought about, some things that the Lord had given me uh, because of things we've already heard. But just listen to what the Lord gave me this morning. We need to be a vessel where the Holy Spirit indwells. That's simple, right? And if you're a child of God, you are a vessel. Our body's the temple of the Holy Ghost. Secondly, sometimes we need to ask the Lord to empty our vessel of self so that we can be filled with him. On the way over, I had uh, John, John Federhoff was my riding shotgun, and I had him pull up on my phone the uh, primitive, court, uh, primitive quartet singing, Empty me, Lord. Empty me, Lord. Great song. Great song. But we need to be emptied of sails so we can be filled with Him. Thirdly, sometimes the Lord may have to break our vessel. Think about the potter and the clay, you know. He may have to break our vessel, but don't worry. God doesn't throw the clay away. He just molds us into what He would have us to be. And then lastly, He's the potter. I'm the clay. He's molding me, Romans 8, 29. He's molding me into the image of His Son, Jesus Christ, Sometimes when when the potter's working at the wheel, got the clay, and he's making a vase or something, there's parts that are big and round in the middle like me and Mark Coburn, right? And and then there's other parts that are small and, and more narrow. And when there's bigger places, there's less pressure in the hands of the potter. And when it's smaller, there, more pressure has to be applied. And those are like the times in our lives when sometimes it feels like the things are going well and then sometimes we're just under pressure and God is molding us into the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. But don't you ever forget this, you're always in His hand. Amen? And that's just something God gave me in the middle of the night. It has nothing to do with the sermon, so let's move on. John's Gospel chapter 15. Thank you so much for allowing me to be a speaker here this year, it's always a thrill. Um, I've spoken in various places, parts of the country, various places in the world. The brother was speaking about uh, Gethsemane and I've had two privileges to speak in the garden of Gethsemane and what a thrill that you're talking about it being the oil press, the olive press, uh, word Gethsemane meaning pressure. And uh, I I just don't, I just don't know that there's any place other that I'd rather preach other than home than right here. I I thought about Wendy Bagwell and the Sunlighters. Anybody ever heard Wendy Bagwell and the Sunlighters? Three or four of you know, they were, he was known for storytelling, but they had some good songs. And years ago, this is a true story. I'm telling you years ago, they were having some kind of big uh, music expo uh, at Carnegie Hall. True story and all different kinds of music, opera music and pop music and country music. They asked Wendy Bagwell and the Sunlighters to come and represent Southern gospel music. And they were kind of nervous about that. And uh, they didn't know who was in the lineup, where and all this kind of stuff. And he said before, and they, 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 they're just so country people and they just didn't believe they belonged in Carnegie Hall. That's for uptown, you know, classy people and all that. And he said, we were backstage praying and we did not know that they're gonna have an opera singer go on before us. True story. And he said, we're back there praying in a little holy huddle and we hear this man at the microphone sing, Vigoro, Vigoro, roll. And when he looked at his singers, those two girls, he said, hey, we're all right. This guy's singing about fertilizer. <laughs> feel right at home. I feel home here. Amen. John's gospel chapter 15. This is Jesus speaking. When Jesus speaks, we listen. Amen. Amen. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman, the farmer, the caretaker. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now, ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Notice as we progress here how many times the word abide is used. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do absolutely nothing. If a man man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch. And is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. But if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. Father, we thank you for your many blessings. I thank you for the privilege of being in this wonderful conference, this wonderful school, and being amongst these wonderful preachers and pastors and missionaries and evangelists and students and staff and Dr. Galler and Mrs. Galler. It's a thrill for me every year to be here. And if the rapture took place right now, Lord, we would all just be worshiping you and glorifying you and humbly bowing at your feet to thank you for what you've done for us. And we thank you for what you've done for us this week. And I pray, Lord, now as I read the word of God, that you would help me to empty self of self and be filled with the precious Holy Spirit of God. Because they sure don't need to hear what I have to say, but we all want to hear what you have to say through me. And I pray you bless the reading, the teaching, the preaching of the word, the hearing and the understanding of the word. And then the application of your word to our lives in the days ahead for us. In Christ's name we pray for his sake. Amen you got to be very careful not to think, take things out of context in this passage. I don't want to preach falsely or give false hope or anything like that. Verse 7 says, ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. But we, we can't just take that out of context. Uh, I was reading about a Lamborghini car this week sitting in a waiting room somewhere and the new Lamborghini goes 202 miles an hour and costs $280,000. I thought about asking the, the, the Lord for that so I could do visitation faster. <laughs> you can't just ask for foolish, silly things. We know when you compare Scripture to Scripture that when we pray, we have to pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Matter of fact, verse number, what is it, 16, you've not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you that you should go uh, and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you whatsoever shall ask of the Father in my name, He may give it to you to pray in jesus name simply means to ask god for the same things that christ would ask for or to pray in the will of the father isn't that good simple teaching and keep this in mind we always find the will of god in the word of god amen so we don't want to take things out of context also but in just introduction introduction quickly i want to give you a vocabulary lesson the word abide is used nine times in chapter seven Seven times in verses 4 through 7. In the Greek, it's a word that means to maintain a living communion with. In this case, Christ. Abiding in Christ. So it is to have a living, loving communion with the Lord Jesus Christ. We're to have, by the way, it's a daily living, loving communion relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The word fruit is used seven times in this chapter, six times in verses two through two, two through eight. The old, old, old Liberty Commentary says this, fruit is the natural product of a living organism. Spiritual fruit is a spiritual product of a spiritual union. And I thought about Galatians 5, 22 and 23. You can flip over there with me if you like. It says, but the fruit of the spirit, singular, doesn't say fruits, right? The fruit, singular, of the Spirit, and then it gives us nine elements of one fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Dr. J. Vernon McGee used to say, the fruit of the Spirit is love. And out of love stems these other right things, you know. So the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. These nine elements, this is a display, if you will, of the fruit of of the spirit now all those things in mind i want to ask you this are you displaying those nine elements if you're a child of god the holy spirit indwells you you know that what know you not that your body is the temple of the holy ghost and we know all that and so if the holy spirit is inside of you is your life displaying because your fruit is what you're displaying and so is your life displaying the fruit of the spirit Or the works of the flesh that we didn't take time to read. Just a couple of things. I want to concentrate on this phrase, ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Give you three truths. Three truths about prayer. I actually called this, ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. And I would have called it uh, how to get your prayers answered, but somebody here before had already used that title, and I didn't want to steal it. All right, so we're just going to call it, ask what you will, it shall be done unto you. If you want to get your prayers answered, number one, you've got to be in a loving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You've got to be in a loving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember that word I told you as you seven times just in our text. Living, loving, daily, continuing, remaining relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He tells us in verse four that when we abide in him, he also abides in us in the person of the Holy Spirit. Give you an illustration about that. Brother, you have met Tony Thomas, a good pastor friend of mine. Used to pastor Grace Baptist Church, 21 years. Now he's at Levy Waters where Mark Walters, our friend who went home to be with the Lord. Tony is a great friend of mine and also my neighbor lives on the same street. We got five pre- Baptist preachers living on our street and it's only a quarter mile long. Jehovah's Witnesses don't dare come down our street. <laughs> But Tony is about five foot six. He was complaining one time preaching in our church. He said, preacher, there's a glare on your clock on the back wall. And uh, and uh, I said, there's not a glare on the clock. When he got through preaching, I got down on one knee. I was about his height. I said, you're right, there is a glare on the clock, you know. But Tony's about five foot six. And um, years ago, his son Jeremy was just a little fella. And he asked his daddy this question. Tony told me this. And he said, daddy, he said, uh how tall you reckon Jesus was when he walked on the earth he said oh i don't know i guess